the show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Well, howdy doody. <laughs> Thanks for listening again. <laughs> Appreciate you showing up, but uh, no, really. No, really, we guys. Do that. We won't do that to you again. We were just kind of kidding, but it seemed like fun. So, guess what? <laughs> uh oh, it's the real deal. Welcome to another edition of Two Guys and a Bottle of Love. Or whatever you're having. <laughs> whatever you're having. Of course, I haven't laughed at that in a while, but uh, <laughs> it was due for one because it just uh, just kind of got me. But uh, what's up, Biden? What's happening? Son of a bitch! Two weeks yeah, later, yeah, yeah. I'm here just it is. screaming in the mic now. He is back. Man, I gotta be. Back. I gotta oh, be excited. Man, I got two brand new monitors in front of me. Man, I got a whole new layout. <laughs> I got a brand new desk. Uh, it's starting to look a little bit like a studio. I mean, dude, uh, we yeah, we uh, started out with two monitors, <laughs> and now we have two huge monitors and our uh, our re- little screen over here, which is fine. Yeah, recording and then station. I walked into the I walked into the the show tonight, and <laughs> it was decorated in Valentine's Day stuff. Wow. Like it was a valent my early Valentine's Day. Yeah, present. and where was somebody to get a picture of that one? Because we do not Damn have it. a picture of that oh, whole setup, will, or no. the preacher man surprise when he walked into the studio and saw all that. Yes, uh, it's. I mean, uh, yeah, no pictures tonight. No, I, I'm I gotta, gonna. No, listen, I'm gonna redecorate it, and we're gonna take a picture of it. Uh, okay, like it never happened. Yeah, because I tell you what, because that's what we do. We go back and forth in time, and, and it's so funny because I don't think about pictures at, at all anymore. But the robot bartender is so awesome at getting them done. She just she does take more pictures She's, than anybody in the We wouldn't have any place. pictures of this show except maybe two or three if it wasn't for the robot bartender because at least she might not be producing yet, but at least she's a, at least she's a good video agographer with like four Fs. Oh, Lordy. So, yeah, man, I'm glad you're back. Gotta love the F word. Gotta love the F word. Gotta love the F word. Nanny, nanny, poo, poo. So I don't even know where to start. I mean, we no, just, we have we to. Just no, have, no, 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 no. No, I do know where to start. No, 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 no. I understand. Because I'm looking, I'm looking at his name right now, yep. and I'm going to give him props later. And we're probably going to give you a call, Jerry or Gary. Uh, you want his number? I'll give him right. Yeah, on, well, right, well yeah. yeah, we, yeah, maybe we should give him a call. We'll probably set that down. We yeah, will. Yeah, set that down and give him a call and and uh, Gary check in with him. You probably should. Uh, I don't know. Introduce it with the story behind you and. Uh, I know you're listening, Gary. Why don't you Why don't you tell the story, the backstory between behind you and Gary? So we're he all can, just... he can at least wait for this story before he has his first show. Oh, we can we at least can... tell one story. All right, so one we're gonna story. make first we're gonna... story of the show. Hey, Gary, we're gonna make you wait for this shot. <laughs> <laughs> but then we will have the only thing he ever have... bitched about about the whole and show. And of course, we are having a shot of Jack Daniels. If you want to get it ready, that a girl. That's, that's the plan tonight. That a is girl. We're starting off with a shot of Jack. That a girl. And I've got my. I found the last four pack from last year. Of my KBS, so I'm drinking a little Founders KBS tonight. KBS and shots of Jack Daniels. So there you go. So story, you. All right, Gary comes into the bar. You know, 
He's a player. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's a player. Gary the player. He knows he is. He knows what I'm talking about. I'm still trying to picture him. But so, yeah, we get, a, we, we get talking, and, you know, we just hit it off. Everything's great. And, you know, we, we mess with each other, which is typical of you know, where I work. I mean, it's, right. part, it's part of the business. Man. Yeah. That's what you do. So we start messing around. We've been messing around ever since, you know, running our, you know, jokes and our humor and our BS. So, anyway, I think you and Chris were in there that night. Okay. And we're all sitting around, and we're drinking and kind of having a good time, and and uh, Gary's sitting there, and he goes, the way you guys talk so much, man, you guys should do a podcast or something. And we're like, right on. And I do remember that, but I can't picture the person. I remember that conversation, mm-hmm. but I can't picture the person. Gary, we'll reintroduce you to Scooter. Here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We'll have but, a well. We'll get you. We'll get you in the studio, which I I did tell him he, he's more than welcome. Okay, to come on to the show. So after we do an interview, uh, we're gonna call you, Gary. Get we're him gonna, on some. Yeah, we're gonna get, put you on the spot. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I, you, you remember me, man. I was like, boom, 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 boom. Ideas just kept coming, and Gary, Gary was sitting there. Yeah. And we were just going back and forth, and we, bam, and we we're trying to think of names of the show and names of the call letters, and everything was just kind of, you know, moving pretty fast. And next thing you know, we got a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it did. It, it did move when we finally started. I mean, we talked about it for a long time. Is that what you're talking about? When mm-hmm. when when Gary when we first talked about when it, we like first talked about it, like probably I don't, well, that was almost a year prior to when we actually started. Uh, Maybe yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you close for sure. to it, but I would assume yeah, because yeah. we didn't even start this in, what six months ago, somewhere around no, May, May, June. Yeah, it was the uh, April, it was, April, it, May, June. It was the end of May. Mm-hmm. The end of May, and we laid down our first recording. Yeah, I knew it was right around Somewhere there. Somewhere in there, so it's, it's 23rd, been a 28th, year. but yeah, no, it hasn't. It hasn't. Been a year. No, it hasn't. If it would have been a year, we'd have 52 shows out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guarantee, week. as much as you and I slack off here and there, I guarantee we're not going to have 52 shows out even by the time it hits May. So to, 52 uh, yeah. ways to leave your lover. And we got to figure out what our anniversary date is. 52 ways. Is it going to be the anniversary of our first recording, or is it going to be our anniversary of our first show, or how? Well, we, you yeah. said the second and the first time mixed them, <laughs> mix them up and put them in a blender. All right. Well, let's have our uh, let's have our shot to uh, Gary. Whoa, 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 we'll, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! I oh, got a little bit more. Oh, you're not done with the story. No, 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 okay. no, 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 oh, no, no. Just a all right. Wee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, Where'd hey, you go? Hey, yeah. you listening to me? Hey, me, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well. Where did the time go? We should play the uh, outro the, then just get it over with. <laughs> just get out of here. Make sure All right, no, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure oh, nobody tomorrow. else. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> no more suffering. <laughs> it's not going that bad so far yet, is it? <laughs> no, just kidding. Jeez. Man, we're just having fun. I we're just we're sitting just around. we're just getting started. I know, we are. This is going to be, uh, this. I'm having fun. Well, it's been two weeks since I sit next to you. And, you yep. know, and that, don't, don't touch that. It's dirty. So, and that, hey, yeah. Gary, you still waiting for your shot? <laughs> he is, too. He is, he is too. too. I was just going to tell the story about last week, but yeah, we probably should let you. Is that is that the end of your story with Jerry? No, nope, one, one more. Gary, 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 Gary. Sorry. We got Jerry's. We got Terry's. We got Gary's. Uh, they're all over the place. Yeah. Go! Yeah. Yeah, I, I probably just, called him Terry 15 times when he didn't even notice, and then I probably said goodbye to him uh, uh, like 100 times, called him Gar- or, uh, Jerry Jerry with a, with a J, and finally, recently, I only actually knew his real name and started calling him Gary. No, and, and, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And I've had people I'm like that, kidding, too. I'm just brother. Well, you know, no, here's what's funny is because that was my story with, um, with uh, Tim Jeff. 
Tim Jeff. That's why it became oh, Tim, Tim Jeff. Because Tim. he yeah, said that. He said yeah, something because about that. Uh, for, some weeks reason, ago. for some reason for some reason when we first met, and I tell you what, I don't know oh, what it was. I, something oh, psychologically he was talking about in my the, head. He was talking about the jukebox. But something in and my he's head, like, uh, I said uh, Tim Jeff. Yeah. He's like, where the f is Tim Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and who it, are you talking about? It, it, and I always wanted to have his name. He, his name, as far as I was concerned, for some reason in my head, he was Tim. And so I always called him Tim. And he'd say Jeff. And I'd say Tim Jeff. And so, it, it, yeah, and I think Chris actually started that because at some point, yeah. he's like, uh, it, it's just Tim Jeff. Just yeah, Tim he, Jeff. He did bring it up a couple and weeks I did. ago. And I'm like, he's been That's Tim funny. Jeff ever since. But yeah, I just could not, for some reason, his in my mind, he, hey, was, Jeff. he was a Tim. He looked like a Tim. I in my yeah apparently according to me according there to me I'll decide right. yeah you you'll be you'll be who I say you are you are healed <laughs> you are bad pardon my French but you're an asshole in the All name right. of Jesus Christ I so um so when I meet him next time he's gonna be Gary Jerry Gary Jerry Gary Jerry Gary Jerry Terry Gary Gary Jerry Terry Jerry Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. no I better not be Jerry Gary because that that's good bordering on well let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet other Jerry, things but Jerry, well, Jerry, uh, Gary. Uh, Gary Jerry Gary Jerry Gary yeah that works like Jerry right. Jeff so so, so anyway we're sitting we're sitting there and I'm, we're all hyped up man we <laughs> we, 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 we keep Vonda's not listening to us because she'd be going Vonda tonight it's going to be I'm going to have a shot every time they say so anyways so anyways <laughs> and back to you back to you Jim Sorry, I didn't Back mean to, to you, Tim you. Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. Carry on. So now we're just bouncing around, and we're you know I'm, in, I'm ideas are flowing. They just keep you know that's just the way it works with my head. Right. So he's like, you should be the preacher man. You can't even shut up for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you preacher man. And then we tried to figure out. Remember, we were sitting there and we tried to figure out a, a name for you. Yes. Yep. So we sat there. I mean, maybe a half an hour, an hour, and we we're just putting all this together. There it was. Next thing you know. Bullshit and standing around doing a couple shots. We we come up with a scooter and a preacher man. Scooter and and I mean yeah. It, well, you were Scott, and then it wasn't. And then you said you had a story about your son called you Scoot. Or my somebody, nephew, yeah, nephew my nephew called you Scoot. Yeah, my nephew used to call me Scoot. So when you just said yeah, he just calls me Scoot, not Uncle Scoot or whatever, but uh -uh. Scoot. Scoot. So we were we were doing a Scoot uh, the boot Scoot buggy boogie boogie. We were doing all that back behind the bar and on the other side of the bar. And here it was. Scooter. And the Preacher Man. And, and ironically, my nickname, I mean, I've never that, really had that, a nickname all the way through junior high, high school. I never really had a nickname. But once once I started bartending, that's when I got my nickname. And my nickname used to be Scooter. I, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, years ago. I don't, I, I don't remember I who started it. that or where it come from. I think it actually was from a very old friend of ours that most people will remember if I talk about him is Bang Bang. When I first started working at the working at the bar, uh, Bang Bang was was uh, just he was kind of my uh, uh, I don't even know how to compare it because I don't spend enough time with you at the bar to know who your Bang Bang is. But uh, yeah, Bang Bang was was my uh, mentor. Being a young man coming into the bar business, that you know, being an old guy that had been there for right. 40 years and watched all the shenanigans and just a super neat guy, just a just a, a good old badass. And, uh, yeah, Bang Bang was a Bang Bang was a very good uh, friend and influence and all those things when I first started bartending, you know, kind of kind of the, the, cust the customer that uh, Customer's the cust always customer customer right. that helps you through. Right. And you had some of those. Oh, I know. Them. And, and they're, they're still around. And, you know, yeah. But back in my day when I did it back in my day. Well, you were in a different place back then, but back in I my was. day when I used to work in this town and you didn't. Right, um, right. But yeah, you were here and yeah, I wasn't. Right. 
right? But uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of neat people like that. So, anyways, we probably should get to Gary <laughs> Gary shot. Unless is there more to that story? Because I don't know how long you want to make him wait for. Because no, 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 no. We we figured was, we we figured it out, man. It was it was only because Gary was there that this whole thing had started. I mean, originally. I don't know if we would be where we are if Gary wasn't wasn't there that night. Okay. I don't I don't think it would have uh, right set the chain of events into uh, you know action. Yeah, you never you, you never know influences yeah. and things that uh, make all of it happen. And I've always said I've been a firm believer. I've always been a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. I I, I that's you know, a truth. People, people get pissed at me for saying it, but no, it's a true. And it's an easy. It's almost an easy thing to say. You know, sit back and go. Well, that was supposed to happen. You know, the and fork can, in the road. Can, I mean, even if it's a wrong a, turn, you can choose that. I'm way, telling you, and you can be a douchebag over you can it too. Choose. Go, well, yeah, it was, it was supposed to happen. Oh, but, here's some but, rush. Here's some rush for you. I <laughs> uh, remember uh, Neil Pert said, uh, "If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. You still have made a choice. Yes, he did. And if you choose, what a not lyricist. To decide, what a lyricist he was. Still made a choice. Yep. Nope. Fair enough." Fair enough. I will choose free will. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, we're going to have to do a little Neil Pert. All right. So this just in. We just found out that uh, we got a little bonus for you at the end of the show. So make sure you stick around for the end of the show. I mean, this, this show might be weird and uh, all of that stuff. But bottom line is, if you haven't had enough of Neil Pert yet, and you want some more, please stick around, fast forward, stay in between, get to the end of the show. But either way, give uh, give some due to Jeff Woods for what he, what he did with Neil Peart. I think it was five years ago. And listen to that awesome interview that him and, him and Neil had together. And if you want to get more of what we don't share with you, make sure you go see uh, Jeff Wood at Jeff Woods Radio. We'll put it up on the website for you. But in the meantime, back to the regular programming, and make sure you stick around for the end of the show. Thank you. I, I watched the, the video of uh, Neil Peart on uh, David Letterman, 1980. Okay. Do you see that one, the rotating drum set? I was at that concert, dude. No, uh, this was on David Letterman, and Neil Peart had a Well, it was the same. Stage, it was the same but he rotated. He toured with Oh, he did it a lot. That was, uh, dude, you see the aerial top of his drum set? Yeah. Yeah. There's a he's got keyboards it's he's incredible. got he's yeah. got triplets he's got he John Bonham with an octopad and yeah he's and, got John Bonham and he's yeah. got the octopad and he's got the not even the crash he's got the crash symbols but it's like he's got these ones that uh, he's definitely got hooked up to like a, a synth synthesizer yeah there's a processor that goes along and with everything it. and he's just you like that you like that solo at the last end at the end of last week's show yeah I did did you. That's and, and that's the neat thing about it. that's what makes you dig deeper. And I hope I didn't bore everybody last week with no. you know my my heavy my heavy Neil Peart stuff. I mean it's but bottom line, yeah. Flashback from last week's show. We, uh, still waiting for a show. Well, you know what? It's, uh, <laughs> we're gonna have one because if we're getting back into Neil Peart, Neil Peart, Neil Peart, we're gonna have. I told Gina to. We're gonna have a toast to his demise and for everything he did. So but I said I farted and I said say say I farted. In your best Canadian, in your best Canadian uh, accent, she's like fodded. <laughs> no, I know, but like try to, with that Canadian accent, right? You know, because you can anybody, anybody. I know anybody from Michigan can say, "Oh, oh, you got a doll, a dollar, a doll, a dollar." Right? You know what I mean? It's not dollar. You stand on, you stand on schedule. Dollar. 
dollar. You got hey, you got a dollar. Right, yeah, right. But I farted. Yeah, man, we went way off track. No, we did. We did. But no, no the the, uh, the your uh, circumstances. And here, I had an epiphany. This is kind of what I want to get to back. We're going to go back three steps. Okay. My epiphany was. As long as we come back your, around to the front. No, I was, I was really <laughs> not going to go there. <laughs> but since we did, let's do this shot for Gary. We'll All get right. it out of the way. All right. And then, well, here, we're going to have one more shot. I will tell shot. you one more quick because I have about sh- how this all started. I haven't had a shot with the preacher man over the passing of Neil Pierce. Two weeks, formerly. So yeah. So this is this is one together, me and the preacher man, and we'll get back to some Neil a little bit. We have more stories for you, but uh, right now we got to have one for Gary and and one for one Neil, for Neil Pierce. Absolutely. Amen. So join us if you can. Here you go. <laughs> I know you waited twenty minutes, sucker. We I did we unintentionally intentionally did that. That's right. That's right. Suck Plus, up. you know, sorry you missed the first two we already had. So that's a, three or four. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Actually, I'm spending. I texted earlier and I said, "Hey, can I spend the night?" I was, <laughs> and as soon as I did it, I was like, "Dude, that's so like twelve, twelve year old mm. or eleven year old." It was too, and I'm kind of like, uh, "Hey, can I stay the night over at?" Scott's? When I called him back, I'm like, the first thing I said was, "I says when I first glanced at that text, I was sitting at the desk, and I did I it said, purposely to make you desk, laugh. I almost thought it was Erna, and, and you know, oh, and, yeah. and, and, and he was saying, I don't, I, I'm going to the basketball game, and now I want to spend the night, and <laughs> it was kind of funny. Hey, can I spend the night? I saw, can I spend the night, and I went, um, yeah, we'll talk about this later. Yeah, well, <laughs> why don't you get over here, man? Uh, weird me out. <laughs> You creeper. But it was, that was funny. I meant it wholeheartedly funny. No, that's good stuff. Some old, like, can I spend the night instead of texting this whole thing? It's like, oh, we're getting some winter blast shit. Somebody don't want to come pick me up. I don't drink and drive. So uh, if we're going to get all, you know, potty over here, might as well just put me in a corner. <laughs> just lay me up and put me away. Well, roll, you, you don't have to necessarily roll me or... Uh, roll me up wet and put me in a corner. We'll find a nice spot for you somewhere inside of the house just because. Uh, you use your tongue prettier than a $20 hole. <laughs> <laughs> that is still so funny. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, sorry. All right, sorry. Back, to the, back to my epiphany real quick. Yeah, before I forget spit it. it out. Uh, sitting there, you know, one of my enlightened moments uh, that I usually get because that's where all my good influences come from. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts are your gift. That was my epiphany. Basically, manifest destiny. A lot of people don't know what that means, manifest destiny. If you think it, you, you, you know, write yourself a check right now for a million dollars, and maybe in five and ten years, you'll get a check for a million dollars. you got to manifest your own destiny. But your thoughts, my my whole deep dive thing was like, your thoughts are a gift. So if you, you have a gift, like if you're a god, like your own god and your own thoughts, and you, you're running your own... F- universe you know hey make your own rules do your own thing these are your thoughts this is what will happen if you think this way this will happen if you think this way right so your thoughts are your greatest gift you can use them for bad or you can use them for good yeah it's free will back to rush back to neil back to neil back to the whole thing you see how everything is like uh, i think it's even the world's getting bigger like population wise i still think that we're still only six degrees of separation i don't disagree with that i mean you can prove that with the uh, kevin bacon theory you know 
I do. I do know what you're talking about. Actually, I know you do. Yeah, I know you do, and that's funny stuff. But no, no, I no, I appreciate you. I appreciate you bringing up the uh, whole Neil Peart thing. And uh, and what's funny is, you know, the whole week last week was just uh, weekend. I should say when it started was was just crazy for me. And, well, it was uh, a full moon, and and I couldn't picked a better time to be sick yeah no kidding no i did not want to be in that bar on a full moon weekend no i don't blame you especially even just a little bit sick no i don't that so i 400 uh, pound gorilla coming at you dennis miller remember dennis miller dennis miller yeah i do and he had that show man coming at you like a 400 pound gorilla I had no idea what I was getting myself into last weekend when I started talking about Neil Peart and, and his passing and all that. But, you know, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed what I what what we put together last week. And I I really was passionate about it. And I and, and it was funny because when I was that passionate on Friday and Saturday about, you know, the passing of Neil Peart. Yeah, I'm real sorry I missed that. Yeah, I, I really I, am. no, I, I really was. And we'll do but, another shot towards Neil. But I thought it was me. I really what do you did. Mean, I thought, thought it was, I thought thought it was, it was me. We're doing another shot, Gary. Yep. Yep. One more for one for more one more for Neil. One one more for Neil, one more for Gary. But I but I thought it was kind of a me thing, you know. That makes I no mean sense. Well, I understood it better this week. You know, I mean it I understand there's rush fans are very specific. They very are. They they're they're very specific. I mean there's not a ton of women that love you know, that love Rush. You're and, not going to a Rush concert to get laid. And you're not going there to dance either. No. <laughs> you're going there you're to, going to you're, rock. You're going to fing rock. I mean you're going to rock. You're going to I mean, listen to Neil Pert, Getty Lee, and Alex Lyson. Yeah. And, and you're that's Rush. Out. And, and, and those are the same three guys started out together, finished together. Yeah. Yeah. And those whether they did side projects or whatever. Those guys are rush till day one till Neil. Burton. I know you already heard the uh, the, God, the, the, the stories it. and the rumors floating around. You know, will they find a new? You know, will they restart Rush and find? A, I don't want them to. You're, you're not gonna. I don't want them to. No, you won't. I don't. I, I just don't ever just see, stop. I'm not saying that Getty and Alex won't ever do anything else again. I mean, they they're will. gonna have other they, projects and other they, things. Uh, but those guys, but those two, those two, hey, listen. because of their third friend, will never try to replace rush except if they do someday someday whether it's next year or i got the 10 perfect years band from now, they may do a dedication to neil right but, but listen but if, rush is done if, if if anybody's gonna do a tribute to rush listen listen to my lineup this would be the kick-ass band to do for somebody to do a rush cover okay or, or just a trio right or trio a trio well, I don't. I don't care what the kids are calling it. <laughs> it's a new yeah, wave shit, man. Don't, don't get involved. In but that. you guys don't even know what I'm talking about because we're talking about Rush, and it's way before your time. It's not too late. That's not true. Because it's not Anthony, too late. Anthony's the end of the millennials, but Anthony's a, a millennial. And but you were you weren't there with Rush growing he, up. No, you had he, to be there no, with Rush growing not, up. But you know what? What's funny is, and that's and cool. That's a good thing about not, music because you can always go back to it. It's because that's what I'm going to go back not to. Not really here in a his genre. It's not his but genre. At the same time, right. he went to that last Rush concert because he had a ticket come available. He saw the final Rush concert, and, a. and I missed it. One of the few oh. Rush concerts I ever missed, but I missed that one. And guess what? Over this past year. Anthony's been one of the biggest Rush lovers that I've seen, you know, because he just, he got it. He got There's it. videos on YouTube right now of uh, certain people and they've never listened to Rush and then they play like YYZ or any Rush and they're, the expressions on their face are like, oh my God. Yeah. Have you ever seen the test, what the kids do? Yeah. When they put yeah. them in the classrooms and they uh, subject them to like Van Halen, 
right. or uh, right. Black Sabbath or, you know, and they're like 14 or 13 and they're like, I've heard this song like before, man. It's got a good beat. And the other one's like, yeah, I don't like his voice, man. He's just evil, you know. And they're just sitting there with their opinions, you know, when they're 14. Yeah. And it, it's classic. It doesn't matter, you know, love, hate or whatever. You know, we're all different for sure. Yeah. For, oh, yeah. Everybody's yeah. got their own opinion for sure. But it's so cool, man. Uh, music, that's the thing with music. It'll just Mozart, Beethoven. You got it laid down. That's your music, man. You laid it down. You did something. For sure. You got those musical notes and the whole thing and everything all lined up, and that's your that's the way you think, and that's the way you come up. Elton John, piano. Uh, Joe Satiani, guitar. It's just that's their expression. Yeah. Neil Peart did it with his drums. He did, too. He, he did, was, too. He was one of the best, but the best. He really, you know, so it's hard to argue. There's, and there's because so many. So there's many. A, there is. Right. There is. There's a list of drummers, and it depends on what side of the, I know more, of the I know more, come from. I know more guitarists than I do drummers. And, and Great drummers. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, if you're there's, a great drummer, you're you're worldwide. Yes. You're all over the place. Everybody knows your f***ing name. Yep. You're yep. a great guitar player. Everybody knows you. You're in the top 100. But do you know 100 drummers that you would say are is good? or close to or falls under Neil Pert status there. So there's a list for that, you know, believe it oh, or not. Oh, is there really? Yeah. Cause I wasn't going to yeah. Google it, but yeah, no, there's a list for that. Cause well, I, listen just, to this. I just heard it the other day when I was on a podcast and, uh, I want everybody I was, to listen to this real quick. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Or scooter's going to set me up with a voice command Google. So when I think of something and I Google it, it'll pop up. There it is. So we will, uh, <laughs> the delays and uh, what we're doing are going to happen a lot quicker. There you go. So, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we have five monitors. We have boom mics. We have all kinds of stuff. I'm breathing heavy in the mic because I love you guys. <laughs> Don't start there. Does that when, when love starts, when you start heavy breathing? Something like that. I, 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 I'm somewhere in there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure when that when that actually starts. But uh, yeah. a, love's a weird thing. It is. It is. I'll go real quick. I, I know we are way off track. We are but so here, far off we, track. I'm not I, sure I if we're so, ever going to get back to where we're supposed so to be. I still forgot what I was going to say. Who's in this shit, man? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly Maui. Maui. Maui man. Yeah. But it's got some it's Labrador. Labrador. In it. What's Labrador? It's dog, dog shit. shit. <laughs> what? Yeah, man, I had to follow my dog around for three days. <laughs> Smoking dog shit, man. But no, listen, here's the, here's the, so the here's trio. Your... The drummer, Stuart Copeland. That's what I was going to say, and I can't even be. I, he's number 10. How did I do? I was, listen, I'm going to tell you. I'm, this follow, is, I'm following your story. I'm this is what I, this is what I wanted. Okay. Uh, if if anybody's going to do some rush and get a, uh, a trio, uh, you know, pepperoni, pizza, mushrooms, and uh, sausage, uh, it would be Stuart Copeland, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, or Brian May from Queen, guitar player, and bass player, Lemmy from Motorhead. Okay. Nice. Lemmy from nice. Motorhead playing bass with Stuart Copeland. And f***ing Tom Morello or Joe Satiani. Got <laughs> all figured out. I like that shit. Out. Do some f***ing rush, motherfuckers. Well, that, that, that's funny. That's good. Because that's, that, yeah, that's good stuff. Stuart Copeland. How can we get back on the right track? Holy moly. He pulled that one out for sure. Dude, I'm the biggest police fan you've ever met. I swear to God. I've been listening to the police from day one. Zenyatta Mandata. Ghost in the Machine. 
uh, Synchronicity. I, I went and seen the Synchronicity 1. Uh, yeah, the first one when they had Synchronicity 1 and Synchronicity 2 came out. I went and seen uh, Zenyatta Bandata, Walking on the Moon, uh, Message in a Bottle, uh, Canary in a Coal Mine, Shadows in the Rain, uh, Driven to Tears. I mean, I go on and on about the... I'm a, oh, shit. I'm the biggest police fan more than Rush. I'll say it right now. More than Rush. Okay. My best friend, John, was the Rush fan. So I listened to... That's why I have everything from Neil Peart and Rush, and I know so much because uh, of Rush is because my best friend in high school was a super huge and performed with many bands uh, in the, our local area that we're in now, uh, different bands, and he was a great drummer. And nice. we started out together and when we were 15, 16, playing guitar. And I would sit there and do Smoke on the Water, and he'd just want to bang the shit out of the <laughs> toms and the floor toms and the bass. and to doom to do do to doom to do you know fucking zeppelin and no Stuart copeland gotta be in the top 10 i, I oh, can't yeah, believe he's, he's not 10. i can't even believe he's in he's not even number in, the, 10. in the in the top five now nah, he's number 10 number 10 i'll tell you a quick number- story one 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 i swear to god one more quick story and you go ahead go on and do whatever you want to do stand by to receive our transmission remember uh, there was a and i listen i'm going to correct myself again i do know how to say remember Okay, you remember a show called uh, Storage Wars? I do. Okay, so remember the old guy with the beard, and he always drives the uh, fancy cars, and he's got the money, and he thinks he knows everybody in L.A. and this and that. So he 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 had got a storage unit and went in there, and there was nothing but a bunch of drums. What was in there? Take a guess what was in there that he found in that storage war. I have no nothing. idea. He had a signed symbol from Stuart Copeland from the police. No kidding. 30 years ago. Wow. Doing the Zenyatta Mandata uh, okay. tour. And this guy, whoever whoever this drummer was that uh, had put the shit in the storage unit, left it in there, and it was assigned. So, and it was bizarre even enough to even believe the freaking story that this guy's telling, is that he said, oh, no, Stuart Copeland, he's a friend of mine. I know him very well. And then he finds his symbol in a storage unit from like 30 years ago that he signed. So he found his friend's signed Zildjian symbol in the storage unit. No shit. Brings it back to him because they're friends. That's right. That's what he says. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. we're friends. And then they show him in Stuart Copeland's apartment, and he's got his, and he's got his, uh, whatever Stuart's doing, man, he's bizarro. He's out there. He's got so much intricate stuff. If you ever look into his apartment, I'm sure he's into, like, Crowley and all kinds of other stuff. But (laughs) books and keyboards and drums, and all they got to do is put that symbol on Stuart's drum set that he signed 30 years ago, and Stuart starts playing the drums. No shit. And hitting that symbol, just riding it like it's a ride symbol, and Stuart's just cranking. If you guys know that episode, what I'm talking about, Go look that up because I might even look that up while we're sitting here waiting. But that's pretty freaking cool, man. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, for sure. But if you ever listen to Stuart, just his drumming was one of the best back in the 80s for sure. All the way through the 80s. Absolutely. Absolutely. Him him and uh, Neil Peart, top two drummers I know. I mean, I know know a lot of drummers, but I was going to say Stuart's got to be my number one. According to Rolling Stone... There is uh, 
There he is. Honestly, uh, the top is, ten. Stewart. Stewart is number ten. His intricate stuff. But a lot of people might not know Stewart. No. And a lot of people might not know Neil Peart. And a lot of people might might not know the uh, other drummers that you got coming up. Well, but I, it was uh, pretty cool that uh, we went into that Stewart thing. Well, Hal Blaine would come in at number five. According to Rolling Stone magazine, he was number five. And among his hits was uh, he lost count of his titles that he played uh, around the 35,000 mark. But he uh, he's among those 150 top 10 hits of the uh, 40 number ones. And as a percussionist, he was behind Phil Spector's Wall of Sound. Remember oh, Phil Spector? I know Phil. Yeah. Uh, Phil he Spector. died. Well, he died. I do believe. For the Beach Boys, ten he years, was uh, ten years ago, Caroline No. And then he banged water jugs on Simon Garfunkel's Bridge Over Top Troubled Water. That is, listen, I want the live version of Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon Garfunkel. When I pass away, or whatever, or when it happens, I want the live version of Simon and Garfunkel together at Madison Square Garden doing Bridge Over Troubled Water. It'll break your freaking heart. I swear to God, it is the most wonderful, most beautiful music I've ever heard. And I heard that song when I was 10 or 11. And I had Simon and Garfunkel and the Beatles' uh, Magical Mystery Tour together. And that's all I listened to was uh, The Boxer. Okay. A song called The Boxer. Yep. Um, uh, 52nd Street Bridge, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Cecilia, you're breaking my heart. Da, 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 da. Oh, no. Cecilia. Now it's singing like my grandma plays a banjo. Come home. Come on home. I Not you. the sound of silence. Which one are you looking for? No, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Oh, that's right. Don't, 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 right. don't, disturb, don't, 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 disturb don't, this one. don't, and don't, I'm not, don't, I'm not even don't, mad at Disturbed don't, or not don't, mad don't, at Simon Garfunkel. Neither is Paul Simon because he, said, it was he so, says something about it. But. It was so precious to me, you know, being a kid and listening to that song, and it made that much influence on me that that's what I want played at my funeral. Madison Square Garden is the best. Yeah. The original is the best. But Madison Square Garden with Simon and Garfunkel doing new, in New York at Madison Square Garden, it's got a whole different feel. Really? Yeah, because those guys uh, got away from each other. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. Still going look on. out. Look out. There's stuff flying. And I realized that, uh, you know, Rush fans are Rush fans. And there's a lot of Rush fans. And I'd almost compare Neil's passing to um, Tom Petty or Dimebag Darrell, or it just depends on where you're at musically. But Neil Peart, to a lot of people, was so so much more than than just you know just that. And and it, it's yeah. So no, I agree God bless with him. I, I I agree with you 100. percent This is gonna sound corny. But when Prince passed, man, I was bummed. I was seriously bummed like Prince. No matter what he did, whether I liked it or not, I learned to appreciate it 
I didn't like uh, Raspberry Beret, and you know when he left the uh, Prince and the Revolution, and he he had left and turned himself into a single, and he did all this other bizarro shit. But that's what a true magician does is, yeah. is carries oh, yeah. on, and you have sure. to go your own way. You have to. I mean, it's in you. That's who you are. Your music is your expression. And yep. I live vicariously through music, of course, which most of us do. Because either we don't know how to play music or, you know, you just, you just know what you like. Yeah. yeah. So. Exactly. You you listen to what you like. And that's what you go see. And that's what that's what you connect with. And But those were, uh, Simon and Garfunkel was my major influence when I was younger. Big time. Big time man those yeah. albums those albums i'm gonna bring them back i'm gonna tell you something real quick and uh i'm gonna play this and i'm gonna take a piss and <laughs> segue because i've drank segue at least we're segueing again at least seven shots of jack and i got two beers and oh that uh that paps blue ribbon that uh what was it, what was it called the coffee yeah, we were supposed to promo that, but they're yeah, not that's, paying us. So no, they're not paying us, but that's the new thing. So, yeah. but uh, this was uh, this was one of my Motown uh, favorites right here. Okay, that's play matter. this. I'm gonna go take a piss. Well, I, we don't well, need all that. I understand that, <laughs> but when I'm done with that, you cut me off and do that, and then you said you got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we haven't got to that yet, so we'll, all right. we'll be there. So here's my deep dive for the night in case I forget. Oh, there it is. But this is my song, man. I'm going to dance my way to the pisser. Relive the legend. Dedicated to the, all the most grown-up people I've ever known. This is such a great song. Listen. <laughs> about beer don't think about beer this is a bad influence mm-hmm. i don't ever want to see a kid do this well if i you, can you if know i can you know, stop you it you know trump mandatory uh raised the uh i overnight. know he, he, yeah. he raised the uh smoking van to 21. done deal yeah, yeah done yeah there was a big thing uh two weeks ago uh, my girlfriend works at a party store and obviously i sell cigarettes at my bar and you know who do you sell to right exactly is, is it in fact is that what's going on i mean now it's 21 I mean, we were all bitching back in the day, Vietnam, if you wore uniform uh, uniform and you came into a bar and you weren't 21, you were 18, give that man a beer. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. That grandfather, whole bullshit, whatever. Yeah. And that kind of sort of should, you know, should be. But whatever. But if you're young enough to serve, you, yeah, you need a cigarette. Post-traumatic stress is real. I, I'm watching that show right now on uh, Prime Video. It's called Homecoming with Julia Roberts. Oh, it's fucking fantastic, man. Really? Yeah, it's about these guys that come Why aren't we talking about this on the show? I'm just saying these guys come back <laughs> from this uh, 
thing and you know they don't know how to deal and they're they're psychotic post-traumatic stress uh but yeah it's it's uh bizarro and uh the only reason i really did start watching this because it was nominated for three global golden awards so i was like all right i'll check it out this is what i've been watching on amazon prime good very o- nice good omens great freaking show about good and evil these two uh, it's uh you got uh gabriel you got michael you have uh, Az- Azizabel and the the snake that was the original demon that tempted Eve to eat the apple off the tree. Right. And, uh, yeah, so the basic showdown of this, this whole thing, which I think is neat, is that the good angel does a lot of bad stuff that he's not supposed to do because he's, he's kind of swerved into the, the other player, which is the demon. They both started out together, but they're both but they're, they're best friends, and they can't live without each other. Right. So now you got good, you got evil, you got these demons, and they're all just sitting around, and you know, not necessarily the bad demon wants to be bad, not necessarily the good demon wants to be bad, because you know what's coming? The bad demon has to deliver the antichrist, just the and he doesn't want to do it because. He likes us. He likes humans, and he likes being here, and he doesn't want to see it all end. I understand. You know, and it's like, uh, well, I don't want to be bad. Well, the other one's like, well, if you weren't such a bastard, you know, he's talking to a good angel, and you weren't such a dick, you know, but they work well together. The show is fantastic. It's called Good Omens, and there's only six of them. Good Omens. And not everything that is written will happen because good can Evil, evil can become good and pass. It's a whole different genesis. Yeah, oh, yeah I, it really I, is. I agree with that it, completely. It's so cool to watch that that good and evil work together so well. <laughs> it's it's a bizarro man. It, it's so cool. Bizarro world. Yeah, it's so cool that the, the the good and evil. But you know, you start to question things. You know, just watching that show and going, you know. Not everything needs to be bad. Not everything bad is bad. Not everything that's good is good, you know. But, you know, there's that middle. And where is that? What what, what do we call that? I, I don't know if there's a term for it anymore. There, there isn't really a term no. for, no. you know, you could be you're either, you're either Democrat or Republican. That's, that's what it boils down to. In this country, it does. Yeah. So, you know, the the one thing that we didn't get to, and, and I love this. I, I have to do this. I... My point was, all the all the Neil Peart stuff, you know, that come out this week, and I, it, like I was saying, it, I had no idea. I had no idea. I thought it was a personal thing. I thought it really was just a me thing. You know, I thought there was a few handful of us that, you know, just thought that he was something else. And the outpouring all week long that was incredible. I mean, so many, so many musicians that were doing concerts. Played. I, I didn't even want to start naming them off because so many musicians that were doing concerts named it off and 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 played tributes to to Neil Peart and to Rush and and you got one, don't you? Look at you! Look at you! Here comes one right here. Who's this? Neil Peart. Oh, you're just playing a little Neil Peart. Yeah, I can do it. Okay, so turn that up a little bit. Just let them hear it. <laughs> Yeah. 
will never die because we love we love Neil Peart. You know, it's it just there's no way around it because you know you heard it last week, you hear it this week, and we do. But I want to close it out. You know, last my last dedication to Neil Peart because um, it actually caused me to connect with some of my buddies from high school and everything. You know, everywhere in between because you know, as a drummer, we, six we degrees of separation. Exactly. That's all we are exactly. separated by. And, 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 we are all I, connected by six degrees out, of separation. And this has been a friend of mine for years, but he summed it up right here. And this is this is this is pretty awesome. So for everybody that is a Neil Peart lover, and I'm sorry for you uh, for you fans that that don't appreciate Neil and and where we're at and how much we you know time we spend on him. For sure, this is an old drummer buddy of mine from from 30 years ago. Yeah, 30, we we got we got the stories. Yeah, I know, but we got the stories. But but um, and I'll and I'll say. I'll say Derek is, that's the best I can do is Derek, because I don't know if I have his consent to, to share this, but uh, Derek says to me, uh, summed it up perfectly. He says, I've read it all now. I've seen all the posts and the memories. I've seriously cried my eyes out. My ocular muscles actually kind of hurt, truth be told. There's nothing to say about Neil Peart that hasn't been said and reposted here. He was a great musician, and by all accounts, a great human being. I would have liked to meet him. I have managed to earnestly play the Bam Bams after a couple of days, wondering what or how I'd express anything. Feels good. It helps the healing. After all, I put up the Tom Toms. I have a trick set that I set up and some China symbols. I it's get just, it. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's just guys, you know, guys, guys, you know that connection yeah it is it is funny how many how many i was the same way when stevie stevie ray vaughn died because i was just learning guitar yeah and for some people and it's dimebag daryl but for some people it's paul mccartney yeah for some people it's tom away. petty mm-hmm. for some people it's uh you know uh rick Ocasek. it's but everybody's different but tom uh, petty and prince man hit me pretty good but it's it's pretty funny you know i mean how everybody has a connection somewhere else and somewhere different but uh yeah so for the for the rockers and the respecters and and yeah this week has been a big week and God bless them, we love them, we miss them and his music will live on. Thank you, Neil, for what you did. Sorry, I got emotional again, but no, nope. uh, we're gonna move Obvious, on. Obviously, we're gonna move on. You can't. <laughs> you can't. We are gonna move on. No, can't move on. Well, yeah, it, you have to. You have to. I mean, it is what it is, and I've seen all the stories. Where did my uh, drappy drops go? Well, they're over there on the left side between the... uh... My advice to you, start drinking heavily. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whoopsie. Too late. Too late. Whoopsie doodle. Oh, man. Thank you, sir, man. Oh, man. I'm going to get rid of this whole thing right now, right now. Well, so anyways, I mean, we have so much stuff to cover this week. Don't I mean, it's, we? It's it's funny. It took us uh, almost an hour yeah, to, uh, to to get into the show, but uh, you get your chance, smart guy. <laughs> you this, still want to show me your cucumber? Well, well I kind of do. For God's sake, what kind of man gets to defend his animal? You're did, a goddamn disgrace. Did you watch the? Uh, I can get rid of that one. <laughs> I can get rid of that. Which one? The did clippity you, clippity. Did you see the uh, the Oscars this week? No. 
You you missed the Oscar nominations? Yeah, dude. They're losing their mind. They're they're actually losing their mind because of the. Everybody uh, is losing their mind. I'm losing my mind. Uh, well, you should. The only you thing should. that's keeping me sane is the show. You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. They're losing their mind because they um <laughs> they, they have they have the nominations. The nominations mind. showed up and uh, there is no men on it. No men. Oh, you know my joke about Charlie Sheen. I'm lying. There's no women. Two and a half men. How much coke can <laughs> Charlie Sheen do? Enough for two and a half men. Is this is going to be a messy <laughs> show. Are you are you just calling this a messy show? Don't ever call me a Methodist. <laughs> oh, cool! You could be in a freak show. You didn't watch the Oscar nominations? Seriously? No, I'm a strict uh, babble mouthist. Shut your butt off. Well, then I'm not going there because uh, I'm a babble mouth. It was. Wouldn't it was, you like to be a babble mouth? To be messy. a babble, be a babble mouth. Be a babble, be a babble mouth. Just made that up. It's creativity in action. Go, preacher man. It's gonna be a long show. We got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. We gonna do what they say can't be done. I hope you know you're coming over tomorrow night to edit this with me you know i'm gonna spend the night and we're gonna edit the show did you um <coughs> i'm dying over here holy sh- smokies i'm a little verklempt i guess i guess somebody get me a doctor somebody did... get me a doctor have you been watching tv this week well, gee, Scooter, I've been sick all week, and yes, I have. So have, you, have well, watch. The funny thing is, it's it's uh, Prime Video, Netflix, fifty five, which is Fox or uh, CNN, just to go laugh, just because I need like the but, comedy. The Comedy Channel is like uh, CNN for me. Did, did you see the new Burger King video? Burger Thing. Burger King. Well, you know where I go. I go to McWindy King. But did you see the new Burger King video? Does it taste like butt? I'm not eating no vegetables on no fucking veggie burger. Well, that's restaurant. That's thingy. what they were advertising. They were advertising the new. Mm-mm. Ain't gonna happen. Yeah, conservative group slams burger. They were advertising. The I new seen a guy in a movie slam an apple in, pie once. Impossible Whopper. <laughs> the Impossible Whopper. Have you seen it yet? It, it's impossible. It's impossible. Uh, why? Why would I want to watch it if it's impossible? Well, my question was, if you've seen the new the new Unless commercial. Unless you talk to uh, Marilyn Manson. But you can't get one of these. Beef no. Beef Lovers, a Whopper with no beef. You just can't better. imitate beef. It just tastes better. Turns out these beef lovers love plants, too. That's an Impossible Whopper? I'm a damn fool. Impossible Whopper. Oh, I'm a damn fool. I'm a damn fool. Or get a delivery delivery fee. So, the conservative group. No, 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 you didn't. A conservative group of one million moms is accusing Burger King of crossing the line over the Impossible Whopper I, I swear to God. commercial. It uses the the D word. Did you hear the D word in there? Did you hear Dyke? I heard uh, Dykstra. De evolution. What kind of D? Commercial. What is the D word? What's the D word? <laughs> You're a damn fool. Burger King is is airing a commercial that uses profanity. 
You're a damn fool. To advertise to its impossible whopper a burger made from plants instead of see now I'm offended by that. That's that's the part that offends me. I could care less if they use a D word, but bottom line, they put plants on my whopper. This is totally whopped out of por- proportion. Which Are part? you trying to give me the double sauce? <laughs> you trying to give me a double veggie burger with no onions and plants, and then we eat them, and then plants become carnivores because they plant us in the ground, and then they then plants eat us. Well, they're all losing their mind because. So a, a plant is actually like if if we got buried underneath the tree, like what they want to do. You know, putting your ashes or your stuff underneath the tree, and then that tree grows up with your ashes and your DNA in that tree. Um, doesn't that tree consume you? But, and even though the tree is a vegetarian, because it can't eat meat, obviously, right? Right. Yeah, but but it eats you because you're in the ground and we're all stardust. And, you know, Sitting there, just like oh, yeah, yeah, let's get planted in the ground. So now I'm plant. I got planted in the ground. Now the plant's gonna eat me with its roots. And now I'm just gonna be. Now I, I'm from flesh and blood, but I'm no longer uh, in that. Uh, <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, you know. So, you know. Are you yelling at me? Finally got your beer open. Are you serious? Well, when I get around to it, I was letting you go on a rant because you were talking about no. Because I I just thought you were drinking vegetarian cycles and vegetarian or trying to use a vegetarian opener, drinking a vegetarian beer. No, my main point was Burger King. Damn, is airing commercials that use profanity. Profanity. They're using commercials that use profanity. You a damn fool. To advertise its impossible ba, whopper. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, you said damn. Damn. What is wrong with you? Not the D can word. You say, can you say the D word <sighs> on, on, on safe spaces? You're right. The language in this commercial is offensive, and it's sad that this once family restaurant has made another deliberate decision to produce a controversial advertisement instead of a wholesome one. I think it's all bullshit. Well, that's what I say. But bullshit, no bullshit. All right, so Bottom let's line. go back to the, the, the demons that I was talking about and the angels. Oh. No, I mean, seriously. I mean, even if you make a bad decision, or, oh, well, you, I here here's the lawsuit with Burger King. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to break it down for you, just okay. so everybody understands. Perfect. The lawsuit against Burger King is that you have a f- veggie burger that is made of 100% plants, right? Right. But you cook it on a grill that had a meat-based product on it, and then when you serve it and then the vegetarians eat it, it tastes like meat. Well, here's the thing. It is supposed to taste like meat, but the vegetarians, and even if I was, which I was for two years, I quit eating meat for two years. Okay. doesn't matter. Yeah, I really did. Fair enough. I, there's another whole story about that, but yeah, I don't, I don't get into that. Two years. No, really. I, I'm not. 
I will not get into that story. I will bring that up in another time. Why I quit eating meat for two years. Okay. Only because an FBI agent went into a f***ing circuit service, and his daughter died, and he was a surgeon, FBI, and then he, cut a, he had to cut his daughter open, and it was all mush, and only because she ate something, and he don't know where it came from, so became, he became a... Uh, uh, worked for the... Uh, Food and Drug Administration went in and found out all the bullshit that we're really eating in our food and was disgusted by it, but that's how he thought he his daughter got infected. And he wrote a book about it, and that's why I quit. All right. Very yeah, good. Pretty simple. But, yeah, once you read the book, you're like, oh, man, eating all this meat. <laughs> yeah. You go to Burger King, and you get a veggie burger, and next thing you know, it, tastes like, it tastes like meat. It's meatless. No, it tastes like meat because it's cooked on the same grill that meat's cooked on, like real meat, like hamburgers, uh, ham, sausage, deer, goat, coyote, cat, seagull. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter. Clam. Doesn't matter. Turkey. As long as you don't beef. say, damn, don't, ever. Do not ever mask what is going on in front of your eyes to believe something that's a bunch of lies. That sounds like some Jesse Jackson shit. Amen. I'm from the D. You ain't getting rid of the D. You, you can't take the D out of the B. And you can't put the B back in the D once the D's already left the B. And vice versa. So, ain't going nowhere. Everybody's staying right where they're at. Everybody who what they are is what you are. Say what you mean, what you say. That's it? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got an echo? Hey, just, you got a little echo or something? Let me try that again. <laughs> yeah? My no, you, no, I've been cutting you off all night. Well? Just like Lorena Bobbitt. Well, oh, I had a joke. Which story? I had a joke. Where do I go? I had a joke. You had a joke. I didn't, I didn't want to forget the. I didn't want to forget. I didn't want to forget the joke. We can do that. We can uh, cut and paste and move it and whatever. All right. So you guys all know the typical genie joke. You know, grant you a wish, right? Everybody knows that one. It's old, but here's a new spin on it. So. There's a guy, he's sitting at the bar. He's got the biggest lighter you've ever seen. Ever. The biggest lighter you've ever seen. So another guy walks in the bar and he goes, holy shit, man, what's up with your lighter, dude? He goes, that's the biggest lighter I've ever seen. He goes, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. And? I had to wake up. Oh. Um, well, I was just getting to the media act. I was... I was I was trying to tell the punchline, but We're still I, here. I, I still got to get to the climax. Time. I got to get to the climax of the joke. Do it. How can we get back on the right track? He goes, see the bartender or the, the piano player over there, and guy goes, yeah, you know, I know that guy, and he goes, I've I've dealt with him before. It's it's it is what it is. It's it's not a big deal. He goes, he's not a real genie. He goes, yeah, he is. And go over there and talk to him. Guy's like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna owe me a beer for this. 
So he walks over to the piano player. Guy says, hey, you know, the guy at the bar, you know, he's got a, he's got the biggest lighter I've ever seen. He goes, says you're a genie. All right, just for shits and giggles, he goes, uh, hey, I want a million bucks. <laughs> Next thing you know, whole fucking bar fills up. Deer everywhere, million bucks everywhere. Holy shit. He's trying to make his way through the herd and gets back to his buddy and goes, yeah, you ain't kidding, man. He goes, that guy's a genie. You know, he's a pretty good piano player too, but he goes, yeah, that's guy. He goes, no, you're you're getting it wrong. He's 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 not the best genie in the world. He goes, did you really think that I asked for a 12 inch bick? Exactly. <laughs> so did you hear about the arrest in uh, Port Huron last week? Oh, yeah. No, apparently not. Yeah, I did actually. It wasn't arrest. It was a bust. Yeah. Well, it was kind of an arrest, but yeah. it was mostly a bust. Cocaine and pills seized in Port Huron bust. They bust them in, they bust them out. The six are currently in custody with uh, $2,500 worth of drugs. And are off to the uh, street following the bus last week in the city of Portland. Are off. Oh, off the street. Off the, that's a, off the street. One word. Uh, you two know, letters. That's, that's two letters. That's pretty that's much big. how. That's pretty much how but, court, court cases are won by you know. But, and if. But I or, thought I said off to the street. Right. Two yeah. letters. Let's two look at letters o- change everything. Yeah. Look, so, let's here, look at OJ. Let me, let me read I this mean, again. Take One an more F time. Off. Six. We talked about the F word. Listen, earlier. listen. This is you're gonna appreciate this. Six are off to custody, and are about twenty five hundred dollars worth of drugs, and are off to the street following a drug bust last week in the city of Port Huron. They're off too. Off they go. Off to bye bye bye. Yeah, we <laughs> somehow we just make the news. But they're but they're not off to the street. They're off the street. That's just my thing. Bringing it to the streets. Bringing Anyways. it to the streets. Do do do. Taking it to the streets. What was that? The Doobie Brothers. I don't know. You're driving. I'm just. Uh, Man, I'm telling you. The, I'm trying, trying to find I'm, my pocket. I'm trying to keep up uh, with the. Uh, oh, you know, if it would just do. Bitch. If this thing would just do, what I told it to do. That's what she said. Right. But there's a line in the Reservoir Dogs, uh, Quentin Tarantino, which I just watched. Uh, another great. Uh, quarantine, uh, Quarantino. <laughs> well, Quentin Terrell. <laughs> oh, you did not. You I, just dunked your shot. You, he just dunked his shot I just, I swear, in my shot. I swear, Chucky Duncan. Man, you went. You totally went Gus Macker on my. You dunked my shot with your shot glass in my shot. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You're lucky the shit clears up like 13 different strains of bacteria. <laughs> I just said? No, I was just watching him take a drink. Oh, my God. No, I was just watching him take a drink. Well, God bless you for watching me drink. <laughs> I remember this one time when I was watching the table. All right, so this video. one time at band camp, I saw uh, no, it's gonna get cocaine, down to... cocaine bust. Right there. There it is. Well, it's good. You got to it. Well, anyway, this is one of my... I'm still here. Yeah, I'm going to do a deep dive on uh, one more time uh, for the Ozzy Osbourne. 1982, 
Blizzard of Oz. Such a great record, man. We were sitting there li- listening to punk rockers have parties up above, up above us on the main floor. Oh, and my we, God. Uh, we got, you're we, editing this. And we got stuck in the basement listening to Ozzy. You know what I mean? I wouldn't call and, it uh, stuck. No, I know, but... Right. They had right their here. own little. They had their own little party upstairs, a little punk rock yeah. party, and we they had would. our own little album party downstairs. But this was this was one of them. This is a nice little twelve string from Randy. Oh, nice! You should one crank of, this. Do it. Just play the whole song, and we'll edit it later. Good call. I know. We should play the whole thing. Yeah. And we should have a shot in meter marks. My mother did. I can't take it anymore. More song. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the front door out of here. Oh, okay. yeah, you know, well, life is good. You gotta have a song. Good as life. There it is. <laughs> you got one? I have nothing. I have no you got of the week. Nothing. No, uh, you got no whole uh, whole lot of cola. Oh, a lot of just, cola. Just maybe in there. I can't do it. Thanks. Well, congratulations for hanging out Thank you. Long. Amen. Thanks. Amen. I don't care if you said David. Amen. One more shot. Right. David. Amen. No, just disappeared. You got a fortune cookie. I dare you to open that little portrait. Little Chinese uh, proverb uh, recipe. (laughs) Little something from last week's show. It's the Limp Biscuit Flower Power Hour. I'm glad you're here. Before we get started, let me take 30 seconds to let you know that the original audio from dozens of my conversations with some of the biggest names in rock, from Bowie to Stevie Nicks to Neil Peart of Rush, and a couple dozen more music legends, are available. Part of my first audiobook, it's an autobiography, plus all those interviews, called Radio Records and Rockstars, and it's still out there, available for you to purchase in here, at Audible and Amazon and Apple Books. Just follow the links from jeffwoodsradio.com. So it's late 2014. Neil Peart had sent along a copy of his latest book, Far and Near, on days like these. 
and we got into it. Plus many things musical around Rush, from writing lyrics to drumming and touring and riding motorbike from gig to gig, getting stuck in the mud, getting rescued, family, friends, other drummers that influenced him, influential bands on he and Rush, F-bombs, always looking forward with the belief that things will get better. He's got a great attitude, and that counts for so much. So here's that conversation with the one and only Neil Peart. A Neil Peart recommendation on the must-do piece of advice that comes to mind. Sadly, those answers tend to be more cliched than people look for, and they always think there's a shortcut or a magic trick or something. But the old Carnegie Hall joke, you know that one? How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. And I think back, uh, here's a, a really good simple illustration. When I started, I used to practice the uh, rudiments on my pillow. So it would be double stroke roll, da, 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 and mama, dada, mama, dada. And paradiddles practiced them on the pillow over and over again because it didn't disturb my parents. You know, because I was the kind that I couldn't practice enough and I'd come home from school and, and play drums until my mom basically told me enough uh, but um and then I'd make drum sets across my bed of magazines because I only had three drums but I could make Keith Moon's drum set out of magazines no problem and wail the covers off of those uh but they I to go back to so much now, I use those things that I practiced on the pillow. Um, they are voicings and stickings that give you facility. And I, I've described it before as the toolbox. Whatever technique you can gather is just a tool for later. You know, and there are times when you become fixated on technique. A lot of drummers do. A lot of musicians do. As a band, we did. You know, we got fixated in our early albums that were experimental and they were focused on what we learned and how we could use it. And, and that was all very exciting. But it's so much better when you have a, a mature toolbox where you look at, okay, what's the job that needs doing here musically? And for a song for me, uh, I saw an interview years ago with Roger Daltrey talking about the way Keith Moon played around the vocals. And he brought up, I, th I think, the multi-track of Behind Blue Eyes and showed exactly how Keith did that. And that's something that I responded to his drumming from earliest days without knowing it. His approach to framing a song with madness. And I discovered as a youth that I didn't really like playing in cover bands, playing Who songs, because I preferred a more compositional organized approach but his musicality and his phrasing combined with the vocal phrasing was genius at its best and so unique and so uninfluential it, it, it surprised me that some artists in different fields made such an impact on their art and yet nobody seemed to be inspired to follow in that inspiration and Keith Moon is one I would say that I've been very much inspired and uh, drumming journalists who understand the nuts and bolts um, one the late Bill Miller who was editor of Modern Drummer magazine for years he said I used to hear you talk about Keith Moon and said I don't hear it I don't hear it and he said I listened closely to drum parts he said oh there oh there and one of the big parts is framing the vocals and, and when it comes to arranging a drum part I can bring out the tools for a thing like that either to stay out of Getty's way or to punctuate what he's doing and, and then I figure between those things are guitar solos to us are free-for-alls. They're band solos. So, I, you know, that, those are points where we step out. But it is quite disciplined, you know, and my drumming is busier than most, I know. And um, not exactly retiring, but that's just me. I think your music should be a reflection of your character. And that my character is hyperactive, you know, and naturally enough, that's the way I like to play, but with respect. And that, that is the difference, you know. At, uh, Keith Moon, at his best, again, had total respect for the music that he was playing to. And if you listen to him at his best on Tommy, for example, the drumming is so musical and yet so exciting. And interestingly, the album came out when I was a teenager, the most formative years, and that became, that's how drums should be played.
played. In the 60s, when I was starting to play along with the radio, I'd come home from school and play along with the radio. Well, all the bands in those days were Hal Blaine, right, playing drums on the on the Birds records, the Simon and Garfunkel records, the stuff I was playing along to on the radio. The, the list is endless with Hal Blaine. And uh, one English drummer said how disappointed he was to come to America and find out that his six favorite drummers were all Hal Blaine. But again, he set the template for me of how a snare drum should sound, of how a drummer's presence. If you think of, um, he added drum parts to the Simon and Garfunkel songs, like uh, Sounds of Silence and Homeward Bound, for all, all time classics. Well, those were recorded acoustically. How Blaine the Master was brought in to put drums on top of those. And don't they sound like they were born with those drums in them, you know? And so, interestingly, he became a template for me. Uh, Keith Moon became a template for me. Um, those set, what great examples to set for how to play a song like a session drummer, how to perform a song like Keith Moon, you know, Dervish. This list you include in the new book on how to stay young with six tips, including don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. Obviously humorous. Uh, take us a bit inside uh, that page of the book, though. Yeah, it goes back years ago and I'm playing a university uh, and then in the locker room there were, that list was taped up and it's a famous um a pitcher from the Negro Leagues, Satchel Paige, uh, had made this list of, of things, and, and some of them are quite amusing. Um, 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 avoid fried foods, they angry up the blood, and uh, move around gently as you move, and things like this. And avoid, one I love, avoid the social ramble. Social ramble ain't restful. And there, there's a lot of wisdom in there, but it goes, it was just a typewritten list on a, uh, a locker that I saw, oh, it must have been in, in the early 80s, probably that long ago, and then later got curious about it and learned more about the story. But uh, there's just bits of wisdom like the one I've just quoted that, that do survive. And so, like you said, so those are those are humorous and kind of cute, but there there is wisdom in there. You've avoided the social ramble for a lot of your career, and and, and it's given you time to focus. You avoid it less now, I trust, or is that an assumption that's that's accurate? Um, no, I, I, the one thing I love about my on touring life, for example, I'm out in the world every day. Not a day goes by that I don't have a casual conversation with someone on a person-to-person basis, and I treasure that so much, you know. And there, there was a, there's one story that I talk about in there in Adventures in the Wild West. My riding partner and I were exploring through the Badlands, the out the out uh, back of Arizona, and we got some bad local information that yeah, you can get through this way, yeah, you can get through this way, and we found out no, we couldn't, and uh, it. Happened to be, I think it was Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. Fortunately, that there were people around because it's the most remote part of Arizona, which is not the most populated part of the country anyway. And these people were on little ATVs. They were camping nearby in RVs and, and tents, and they were out rambling around on their ATVs together. And they banded together and helped us and spent hours of their day because we had to go through some deep sand that our bikes were way too heavy for. We couldn't. We couldn't move an inch. And they brought their ATVs over and put the front wheels of our bikes up on them. And they all, three different couples, they didn't know each other either. They all came together and helped us get through this thing. And only at the end, I said, uh, the one young guy that I, young guy, my age, (laughs) well, the one guy I've been talking with the most, I said, oh, by the way, uh, are you a rock fan at all? I said, well, I'm I'm playing in Phoenix tomorrow night. Do you want to come to the show? And that was the only time I outed myself, as it were. And my riding partner said, yeah, I've been riding with you all these years. I've never seen you out yourself. 
before I said, well, I, I know the time. You know, and this was a case where I couldn't believe the generosity these people had extended and their competence, too, of people who are used to the desert, used to overcoming obstacles. And in the desert, like in the Arctic, um, travelers help each other. You know, I had that experience in the Arctic, too, where I was having trouble with slipping around in the mud. And this truck driver pulled over to the side of the road, stopped his truck and climbed out in the mud and helped me. And the, because it's just what you do in places like that. So this was a moment like that. And these three couples, I invited them all to the show the next night in Phoenix. And um, and they they started looking. But it was a difference because we'd all been just friends in a predicament up till then. And they were helping. And, and it was all very neighborly and making small talk and all that. And suddenly they started looking at me different. You know, like, oh, an alien. He's a rock guy. <laughs> so it was just a good lesson. And we guess it was the right thing to do. And, I'm, of course, I was more than happy to extend that generosity and that welcome in appreciation for their generosity, what they had done for us. It was wonderful. But those are the kind of moments in travel that you, un- you undertake as a normal person. It was challenging. It was discouraging. It was miserable. Uh, I felt so awful through through a lot of it. But at the end of it, it was like a triumphant human experience. 